0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relationship Theory. I'm your co-host, Tom Billu, and I'm here with my beautiful, bedazzled wife, Lisa Bilyeu. Bedazzled. What's got your jewelry on. I
1: got my jewelry on. Yeah, I just had to shoot, so I got my,
0: my, my cool jewelry. Nice.
1: All right. What's up, homie?
0: Not much. I'm ready to do this. Let's
1: do it. All right. So um, iTunes review of the week. This is from J.B. Munchell. I'm a college student who stumbled across this podcast on winter break, and I've been consuming it at a ridiculous pace since the moment I found it. Each episode provides valuable insight that never gets old. Whether it's relationship theory, health theory, or a book review, I always gain something practical that I can begin using immediately in my own life. You are delivering on your mission in awesome ways, and I can't wait to see what you guys come out with in the future or come out with in the future. And thank you for that wonderful yeah. review. That was really great. Deep. Um and to anybody who's listening, guys, um, our ask this year is to rate and review and spread the word of our podcast. We're really trying to grow that platform. Um, and so that would be great if you can rate and review. And we do choose um, the review of the week to read out. Yes. All right. Um, and if you guys do want any personal questions answered, um, by all means, email us at connect at a Instead of not, by all means, we want to hear from you. So we want to hear from you guys. Email us, connect at impacttheory.com. If you would like to stay anonymous, we absolutely respect that. Just let us know. Indeed. On to the first question. This is from Helen. Hi, Tom and Lisa. I've been in a relationship for two years now. In the beginning, and still now, I admire and love my boyfriend for being a loyal and honest, driven, caring, supportive boyfriend who spends most of his time with me and helping me start my side business. The other side of our relationship is a constant fighting that is getting worse and worse. We react to each other in ways that make me question if we're compatible. Also, in comparison to him, I have self-doubts, self-esteem issues that I would neither withdraw um, issues, that I would either withdraw or fight back to defend myself when we argue. The way I handle our arguments is sabotaging our relationship, and I know that. I don't know what to do now to mend the relationship that we have hurt each other in um, unintentional ways. The instabilities of our relationship on top of me trying to figure out what to do with my life is making me even more insecure about myself and feeling lost. Just want to hear from you guys how to get myself to be a better place emotionally and how to push myself forward and what to do with my relationship.
0: Wow. I often wonder if People talk to their partners as eloquently and with as much self-awareness as they put in their questions because there was like a lot of beautiful, vulnerable stuff in that. And I'm going to guess that she's not displaying that to her partner because she's really able to see her role in things, which is amazing. But I'm guessing she sees that as like, I would be giving that person a weapon To use against me and a lot of this comes down to one thing that you and i have really built into our relationship is a deep visceral understanding that the other person won't leverage our weaknesses against us so if we confess something like i'm feeling very insecure and it's causing me to lash out and i feel like i've damaged our relationship never in the heat of battle would you say to me you're just being insecure again. You're like, you even said that you're damaging our relationship and here you are again doing it. Mm -hmm. It's like, because dude, I gave that to you in a moment of really wanting to make this right and to find a way. But if you wield it against me as a weapon, then I'm just not going to tell you stuff like that anymore, which makes like, you're not building a bridge anymore. You're not finding common ground. You're not working from, I want this person to feel good about themselves. Like, There there are just like key beliefs that people need to have in order to be able to navigate something like this. And one of them is, it is my responsibility as somebody's significant other to lift them up, to help them get better, to help them feel better, to empower them. And if you have that driving, that's why you don't leverage that against them to win the argument. Because you don't have a belief that says, I need to win this. I need to be right. Right you have a belief that is i need to help them feel better about themselves to you know uplift them and i think that having that those ground rules down and knowing that we each want that for each other we each want the other person to win we want to find a way to make this work and that like when you have that then you can be vulnerable then you can show ownership over the problems that you know you're creating without feeling like you have to make sure they know theirs, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. the other person so wants to see how they can carry their responsibility. And when you confess it, like if you were to say something like that to me, I'd be like, oh my God, I have to find where I'm also creating problems so that she knows you're not alone in this. Like I need to improve myself as well. If and I came I to you
1: saying about my, my self, low self-esteem, is that what you mean?
0: Well, I'm talking more specifically about if you said that you were doing things to damage the relationship, I would want to carry some of the burden as well and be like, well, I'm not setting you up for success either. And I see how now that you say that I see how I'm backing you into a corner. Oh my God. Like knowing that you're feeling insecure about that. I totally can replay my actions in my mind and see like how I'm setting you up for that. See how I'm pushing you into a corner. See how I'm creating the sense that you need to fight and push back. Like, whoa, I wouldn't be like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Hmm. you're creating problems. And if the other person, like if you came and were vulnerable and it's reciprocated with vulnerability and you, know, you offer the olive branch and I offer the olive branch, it's like then all of a sudden you can be like, okay, one, I recognize this will take time. Two, I recognize we're going to fight again. And these, like here are conversations that you and I have that I want people to know. We'd be like, oh my God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I totally get why you're being insecure and I'm insecure about these things. Remember, we're going to fight again and this is going to come up and here's how, I want you to deal with it. And here's like, this is how I want you to deal with my insecurities. You tell me how you want me to deal with your insecurities. Like we actually talk about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what we mean when we say you give the keys to the kingdom in a, in a moment of emotional sobriety where you're not feeling backed into a corner and the other person isn't feeling aggressive. Then it's like, you say, here's how I want you to handle this. Here's how you're, when you are aggressive, how it makes me feel. Here are like these secret things that like, and because what I think she's going to find is like the the rat's nest of complexity around why she has this deep insecurity that's rearing its head in their relationship is going to have like all these crazy tendrils that they're going to have to like unwind. But if they're doing it as a partnership, they're doing it together, and it's like a joint thing. And he's agreeing; he's not going to beat her up for going back into the I'm backed into a corner, and thusly I'm fighting. And
1: and when you say beat up, you mean emotionally, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Not physical.
1: I know that your language is the people yeah, listening yeah, yeah, yeah. may not know what you mean. So
0: glad you said <laughs> that. Um, I could keep going on that. It feels super important, but I think that gets the point in part.
1: But um, I mean, let's just, as you were talking, I was like, because I like to give examples of how we've dealt with something similar so that they can see. So let's talk about aggression for, for starters. So you pride speed and um, communication, like blunt communication, efficiency. efficiency thank you. And sometimes, If I ask you something or I say something, you say things that I perceive as being aggressive and you don't mean for them to be aggressive, but I absolutely perceive them to be aggressive. And that was one thing. Like I used to get really upset and we would get into like not even an argument. It's sometimes even worse where it's just like this underlying frustration. Um, So I was having an underlying frustration of how you were talking to me because I felt like you were being very aggressive to me all the time. And when I started to say like be nice, that was my first thing. I used to say to you, can you like be nice? I need I need you to be nice. And you're like, what do you mean be nice? Like, I'm not being horrible. And then we had to then go into that conversation of how I'm perceiving it, why I'm perceiving it like that. And then your perspective is like, look, I'm so busy, I don't have a lot of time. You know, saying three words versus five sentences makes a difference to your productivity. And so then we had to find out ways, okay, but I don't, you can't be responding to me like this all the time. Like it will start to wear on me. So making you aware of that and then talking about the adjustments we can make, I think are really important. Um, And then there was another thing that you said, um, oh, so again, going back to insecurities, like you have to trust the person to be able to say the insecurities, like you said, they're not going to use it against you. And um, I remember like you love to tease, like that's your way of playing. Um, and being sweet and actually showing that you're interested, like you're the boy that was on the play school ground as a kid, pulling the the pigtails of the girls that you fancied, um, and you sometimes tease me. Now I was brought up being teased and bullied, so I interpret like m- my entire childhood. I was teased by my brother. God bless his heart, but he teased me every day of my entire childhood. So I don't like being teased. It doesn't make me feel good. I have a very I have a sensitive chip to being teased. And you would tease as a way of showing me your affection. And I would interpret it in the complete opposite way. And I would get upset. And then again, I had to sit you down. We had to have that talk, right? Like, I understand that you don't mean to, but I perceive being teased in this way. And then you had to be honest and say, this is part of my personality. I'm going to try. I'm going to work at not teasing you. But if I accidentally do, I need you to know it comes from love. And we kind of worked through that.
0: yeah, and I mean, as somebody who used to want to be a stand-up comic, when you see the joke, it's like sometimes it's hard to resist. Yeah. But...
1: but knowing that you don't mean it, right? Because sometimes you're going to Yeah, I don't mean it cruel
0: at all. Right. I'm not a cruel comedy guy. Right. But
1: but I had to remind myself of that and know, like, A, you're not perfect. You're not always going to be able to know. Don't tease her because sometimes, you know, you have, like, the jokes back and forth. So you're not to know when's a good time.
0: Yeah, because you... that's part of the problem. Like, sometimes the teasing, you respond so well to right. it. Yeah. So, so again,
1: that depends on, yeah, where yeah. I am. And so I think it, it's very important to be able to communicate that openly with your partner um, and know that they're never going to use it against you, but they are going to be aware of it. Because we've avoided a lot of issues by having these transparent conversations with each other and say, whether you think, I like, part of me was embarrassed to admit it, right? Like, you're, you're being sweet, you're being fun, and yet I'm taking it hot. And so it's getting over that as well of like, okay, well, if he loves me, he'll understand at least where I'm coming from. And when I sat down, you didn't judge me for it. We went through it, but you didn't say, oh, my God, you're pathetic. I can't believe you're taking that to heart, right? You didn't judge me like that. And I think that that is just one more coupon or chip or whatever that proves that I can trust you to then keep opening up to you. Right. Um, All right, next question. This is from Hannah. Hi, Tom and Lisa. My boyfriend introduced me to your show last year around this time and listening to you both has become an important part in how we build our relationship. That said, there's been a recurring content contention point around communication. He's constantly telling me that he needs over communication from me. The majority of fights are due to the fact that I didn't communicate enough around whether this uh, whatever this issue is. It has come to a boiling point and we're both so frustrated over the fact that it doesn't seem to change. I consume your podcast and know intellectually that he is right, that I need to be completely open and communicative about everything. But while the head knowledge is there, the application always ends up lacking. I'll be okay on certain issues, even going above and beyond what's necessary, logistics, safety issues, etc., But on other areas, he feels like he's back at stage one and I just don't talk. Can you help give me tips to transfer it to every topic and application? Feeling lost and confused. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad,
0: So I think that some of this is going to come down to like what she values and I, oh God, it's so dangerous to read into situations. I'm just going to lay it out because I have a gut feeling. Yeah. Do you say do it? Yeah. I thought you said don't for a no, second. Do <laughs> it. Oh, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, 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 <laughs> um, So I, I'm going to reach into this because she's not adjusting her behavior because she thinks that it doesn't make sense. Like the times that I have been, um, the things that have lingered in our relationship, like the teasing are born from, I think you're being overly sensitive. So I think you got teased so much as a kid and now you've allowed yourself to hold on to this pattern. So because I have this belief that because teasing, when I'm doing it is fun and playful, that you should be able to get over that. Now that doesn't make sense because that's putting you in a very difficult situation. But that's why it lingers. It's like, fuck, I don't, like, emotionally, I don't feel it. So I keep forgetting that you have this thing with teasing because I don't. And so I, it's like you for a long time, still sometimes even now, you'll say, I, I forget that you have anxiety. You're like, I look at you. And, I say that to you. Yeah, you yeah. say it to me. I look at you and nothing seems to bother you. And I'm like, Jesus, like, inside, I'm, I'm you know, struggling massively with anxiety. But because you don't struggle with it like I do, you look at me, you feel the way you feel, you paint that onto me. So it's like she's looking at him thinking we shouldn't need to communicate this much about this issue. And that's why it's winding her up. And so she's not able to internalize, like she gets it intellectually, but she doesn't internalize it. And I'm guessing that in her heart of hearts, if she's really honest with herself, like there's just enough judgment in there to keep this going. Like he, sh- he shouldn't need communication this much. On this fucking topic i'm i really believe because i now i'm being honest with a dark part of myself please i see that in myself Mm -hmm. which is why i'm guessing that's exactly what she's dealing with so i'm not throwing shade at her but my gut instinct is if she could get past that and really like don't even need it to be objectively true maybe he shouldn't need this fine but he does and so Now, what do you do with it? Do you have a value system in the relationship that supersedes that? Or is this like secretly you think this is a mismatch anyway? And it's like, I don't want to fucking adjust to his style. And like the, I don't have the value in this relationship enough to be worth really investing in that. And if, when she hears me say that part of her is like, oh God, that's true. Then it's like, well, we at least know what we're facing. If, on the other hand, she's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, that is absolutely not true, and I want to be in this relationship. I am so into this person. They make me feel good, and I want to make them feel good. Cool, then we know what we have to do. We have to get, we have to accept it is this way. So stop dealing with the world the way you wish it were, and start dealing with the world the way that it is. So for my own sake, my wife was teased relentlessly growing up and it has hardwired as being a sign of disrespect. It is something that makes her feel very badly about herself. So no matter how much I intend it, there's this really weird fine line that I have to be overly sensitive to. And yes, sometimes it's, she does interpret it as cute and fun, but it's just a dangerous game. And so playing that game is not wise. Mm. So that's what she has to get. He likes to overcommunicate. Now, you're the same on this, and I am, in our relationship, oddly enough, the under-communicator. And it was a tremendous source of frustration for you for a long time until you got into business and realized, oh, Jesus, like there are so many plates. I can't have another plate be that I have to communicate it to him. So then it's like it, that really eased the tension a bit. But for a while, it was like I had to put things in place to make sure that you knew what my schedule was, what I was doing, what I was dealing with, even if that meant having my assistant communicate those things to you. So just dealing with the world the way that it is, not the way you wish it would be. So he's got some insecurity around this. He feels like you're um, not communicating enough, which I think probably hints at larger insecurities in the relationship. Um, And I could, you know, continue prognosticating, but now it would be really grasping at straws. And I have no reason to believe this is true of their relationship. I just know that there may be a power dynamic at play here where he's a little more insecure in the relationship than she is. Might be worth visiting that. Um, you know, if there's something going on that would make him feel slightly insecure if maybe um, the relationship started off on uneven footing. I don't know. Like there's, you know, now it's just pure guess, but something tells me that there's a little bit of that at play as well.
1: Yeah, and the one question I have is I'm super interested to see what specific topics she is finding really frustrating funny. because I he's wonder... finding Sorry, he's finding, um, or that she's under-communicating about. I'd be really interested to know because I don't know how... My guess is they're quite telling about the situation, oh, their dynamic.
0: Be. Oh, they would be. Yeah. What is up, Impactivist? Hope you guys are enjoying this episode. Wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors and then we'll get right back to it. Remember, our sponsors are all hand chosen. We love these guys and think that they have something incredibly valuable to offer.
2: So be sure to give a listen. A lot of these guys are doing special offers just for you. What is up, Impactivist? Let me tell you something. I do not drink often, but when I do... I always drink with my wife. There is something so amazing about the emotional bubble that you can get into with a nice drink. And so that's why we're so excited to bring you guys Wink, which is spelled W I N C. And Wink is a service that lets you easily discover great wines that match your taste. So if you wanna create that magical vibe like we do, might we suggest Wink?
1: Yeah, and what I love about it is it actually caters to you and your taste. So you can actually go over to their website, you take a quiz, um, you answer simple questions like, how do you take your coffee, and do you like citrus, and things like that. And it curates wines straight to your door, starting at $13 a bottle, especially for you and your taste buds.
2: And the more wines you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections will get. It's kinda of like Netflix, they've got an algorithm that's going to determine what kind of wines you like best
1: so now you can netflix chill and drink your wine
2: nice (laughs) and you guys know how much i love efficiency and wink just makes it so much easier to find a good wine that you're actually going to like
1: and then also you get with your shipment a free wink journal which has recipes to pair with your wine and information to educate you about the wines you get so you and your partner can become wine connoisseurs if you will in no time at all
2: all right discover great wine today. Go to trywink.com slash relationship theory. You'll get $20 off your first shipment. And that's trywink, trywin slash relationship theory for $20 off. So trywink.com slash relationship theory right now. Go do it.
0: What is up, Impactivists? Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. And I want to take a second to share with you about another amazing show that my wife has built called The Women of Impact, Women of Impact is a weekly show hosted by Lisa, fully focused on the theme of female empowerment. She brings on the most extraordinary, badass women to come on and talk about how they've accomplished the things that they've accomplished in their lives. You can search for Women of Impact on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you like listening to your podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe. Now, even if you're a guy and you're not married, you're not in a relationship, you don't have a daughter or anything like that, I'm telling you, this is still going to be something that you're going to want to listen to. If you've ever Wanted to be a fly on the wall of a conversation that women are having and what they really talk like, this show is for you. Get out there, try an episode today. Your inner superhero will be glad that you did. All right, guys, enjoy and be legendary.
1: The last two questions today have really felt like people are trying to figure out themselves the answer in the way they ask the question. You even said, like, the way that they write it. Um, it's almost like They're exploring Their own thoughts As they're writing it I wonder like How much that actually Helps them um, You know Like anything Putting something down In writing Kind of As Mr. Billu says Concretizes it
0: True Journaling is actually A brilliant way To discover your own feelings
1: You don't journal
0: I have journaled What? But I... You didn't know that? What? Yeah <laughs> What? When did you journal? Um, I did it Fairly briefly A year ago yeah, Guys
1: we've been together What? <laughs> Hold the phone I'm sorry to do well this episode guys But what?
0: Yeah and so I can tell you why you didn't know that oh, Yeah, Because I wake up so much more early than you
1: I didn't know you were doing it. I'd yeah. love to read them Was that like against journal ah,
0: principles? I mean I suppose it is against journal principles I, I certainly don't mind You won't find them that interesting And here's why you won't find them that interesting I am uh, a high verbal communicator So I have the ability to process out loud. So Mm. when you and I talk, discuss, argue, hang out, whatever, I'm going to be processing verbally. But all the times where you're like, I'm like, sorry, I've just really been rambling. And you're like, no, I love it when you get verbal. That's me verbally journaling. Mm. I'm talking through the problem exactly like I would journal it. So
1: Can I do some real time emotional explanations right now? Hashtag real talk. So right now I'm a little offended that I didn't know about your journaling.
0: Offended because I didn't communicate it? Yeah. So we're back
2: to that <laughs> yeah. question. But, yeah. no, but I want Definitely. to be very
1: honest, right? Please. So the second you said it, I was like, what the fuck? How do I not know this about him? Yeah. Then my second initial thought was, that's so freaking cool. I can't believe he didn't share it. So it went from like getting annoyed <laughs> yeah. to now actually feeling a little left out.
2: Yep,
0: that is very my and wife. It,
1: but this is all within a split like four seconds of you talking. Also my wife. So, <laughs> um, and then it went to... The poor man is so busy that you can't expect him to do everything. That was the next thought. And then it was like, he doesn't have to not no, he doesn't even have to shave. What was that God, that last one? So I went from trying to think of what that last like quick thought was.
2: Well, it went from I can't believe I didn't know yeah. to I'm offended I'm being left out.
0: Yeah. Or why didn't he tell me why didn't to he tell me? I'm offended that to I was then, left out. To
1: then he's got so much on his plate.
2: Oh, right, right. Um
1: And then go into like the recognition of why I felt all of those things is because I love sharing. Mm -hmm. And um, it was something that I would have loved to have known. So I would have loved to share it. So then it comes back to actually me, not you.
0: As is always the case with everything from everyone's position. So for me, it's always obviously coming back to me. For you, it's always coming back to you. And that's, you know, one thing people like your ability to process through that quickly and realize, wait a second, this isn't something to put on him. This is something to think about myself. And I'm glad that you shared it because it's really reinforcing, like, it's only just recently that I've really begin, begun to understand how much you like to share things, mm. um, which, I mean, I've always known at a level, but now, like, because I don't have that same, like, six layers deep of, like, wanting to share everything, um, it's now, like, I'm really getting to the depths of that.
1: Yeah. But once upon a time, I would have just got upset. Yes. And so that's. And kind I would have
0: of, been very confused. You
1: would have been confused. And that was, that was, this is a big part of how we, I think, have lasted so long is just really A, saying things out loud and then trying to adapt and grow. So knowing that once upon a time, I would have just been upset. We probably would have gone into like a little bit of an argument, not even an argument, but I would have been upset. You wouldn't have understood why I was upset. So you would have like, Then I would have
0: started getting aggressive, Yeah, not in aggressive in the way that you use the word, which I actually don't like the choice of the word aggressive, but I would have been like sharp and to the point I would have tried to pin you down. Like, what are you talking about? Explain that. That doesn't make sense. Why are you saying that? Right. Then that would have made me feel
1: bad and worse about myself because I'm already trying to figure out the situation. And now you're, you're almost putting the pressure on me. Why am I feeling like that? So then I would get, I would have gotten defensive. So then I would have replied to you in a very defensive manner. And it would have been something like, well, like, it, you just don't think about me, right? It would have been something like that. Yeah. Then, you, So everyone can get where that argument then goes. And I'm yes. sure most people, listeners, have had something like that happen. Okay. And it's the key is to find these situations and say, how do I improve? What are the next things I have to do? And so like how I've gotten to the point now where you're like, I've journaled and I'm like, what? Like now I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I'm just like, oh, I'd love to read them. You know, and it's it's an argument that would have gone on for hours has now not developed into an argument whatsoever,
0: especially because if I showed you the journals, you'd be like, we really just got in an argument over this.
1: Yeah, but, you know, that's, that's not how I work, though. It's more emotional about the fact that you didn't tell me, which means that you weren't thinking of me. But when you're doing something important, I like to be thought, of. which is funny.
0: When... I'm not thinking of sharing Correct. that with you. Correct. Which, because I don't have a value around that, right, but I do and in fact, I'll say because this is one of those interesting things where we really a couple of years ago would have had a collision of values over this, um to me, like it's not even logical that that should be something that I would need to share with you, right, so F-
1: from your perspective, correct, yeah, and that's that's where it goes into having these discussions, ta- always talking to your partners, you can always see the other person's side of it, um because yeah, we. And now I get it. It's like, it didn't even cross your mind. I don't take that personally. But hey, if I want to read, if you're open, obviously, I would never be intrusive. And if you were like, I don't want you to read them, of course, I would absolutely respect that. And I would just like wake up
0: in the middle of the night while you were sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) That's so not true. Now, like people are like, Lisa said it's okay.
1: I just wanted to throw in a joke. There are
0: people already that almost broke their neck whipping (laughs) over to their partner's phone to go through it because you said it was all right.
1: (laughs) And for the record, I actually wrote a whole post about the fact that I've never once checked your phone. I've never once gotten ever jealous because at any point, like if someone even showed me a photo of someone's, a woman's hand around you or hugging or something, I would just assume there was a very valid re- reason that that happened. Um, and the reason why I'd never check your phone is the second I feel like I need to, that's the freaking problem. Got right. nothing to, whether you have or you haven't, that's irrelevant. The fact that I feel like I need to check it means that there's something wrong in our relationship, yeah, and we need the trust, and we need to address that immediately. Because either it, I'm right, I'm sensing something from you, yeah. and you, that you're giving off, or I'm insecure. Either one, you have to freaking address. Mm. So, yeah.
2: truth.
1: Um. So no, I will not check in the middle of the night. Going back to that. All right. Next question. This is from Teresa Lavida. Can you please address how being mistreated, name-calling during arguments, put-downs, etc., can make one feel uncomfortable with sharing themselves with their partner physically? I get it.
0: Can I explain it? Yeah. Like why that is true? Can you please
1: address how being mistreated?
0: I I can't tell right now if if we're explaining it to the person doing the name-calling or if the person who's getting names called of them, like wants to point out to somebody um but i assume
1: this is the person that is getting made fun of that is getting mistreated
0: so i can think of nothing that will shut somebody down more quickly than to not feel emotionally safe like if you want to turn somebody off make them feel badly about themselves make them feel judged make them feel like you think less of them like sexuality is an expression of excitement, connectedness, enthusiasm, um, like all positive and open emotions. You have to feel so safe physically, emotionally, and like literally, if you want to shut that down in an instant, if you want to kill that vibe, make them feel unsafe in any way, shape, or form, make them feel unattractive in any way, shape, or form. Make them feel unlovable, unwanted, like anything like that. They're going to fucking shut down so fast your head will spin. So just from a, because that was the specific question asked, from that perspective, like Jesus, nobody is going to want to be vulnerable. And and sex is like the ultimate expression of vulnerability. Nobody is going to want to do that if they're being made fun of or being put down. Yeah, man, like, wow. Like, talk about a bad strategy to lead to um, intimacy. I mean, just the fact that it's called being intimate.
1: But I wonder also, like, because even if you've had that argument and you've made up, I actually get that it still would be hard for that person to be physically intimate because it takes time. Just by saying sorry or kissing and making up does not take away that emotional turmoil that you may have just been Mm. through. So I can maybe see, right, like, because I'm not the one, sorry if you don't mind, mind me sharing this, but I'm definitely not the one that, like, when we had an argument that I want sex to make up, like, that, right. I, that is the last thing that I want. I want to emotionally connect again first before I then want to actually, you know, have sex. Um, but I think that maybe that's part of what they're asking. Like, we've already made up and they still don't want to be physic- physical with me or vice versa.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I a thousand percent agree. And I think that it takes time emotionally for people to restabilize and to realize the the sincerity of the other person, to feel reconnected, to feel safe again. Um, You know, and again, the safety can be emotional. Mm. It doesn't have to be physical. But yeah, a thousand percent.
1: Yeah. One thing I want to talk about actually is um, about like the name calling and arguments, because I think a lot of couples find that right in that heated moment. you don't mean to, you don't want to upset the other person. Or maybe you do like that, that heated moment, you just want to jab them. Um, this is really my own question. Like, how do you, what advice can you give people? Let's say they've done that and their relationship for the last year has just been like, when they get into arguments, they get it. How do you unwire that? Because I do think that you can absolutely change that. Um, what are the steps? Let's take three steps.
0: So number one is your beliefs. So what do you believe is acceptable behavior and what do you believe about the effects of something like that? If you believe that there are no, there are no lingering effects, that it doesn't matter, you're going to have a hard time unwinding it. But if you take your partner's word for it, that no, that is shitty and it makes me feel badly about myself, then it's like, okay, well, what's your value system? Do you think that a, Like the, I think the highest value in a relationship is making the other person feel good about themselves, making them feel better about themselves when they're around you than when they're not. Like that to me is, I don't know why someone would be in a relationship where that isn't true. Like nobody big me up more over my fast than you. Like you were so sweet about it. And like sending me text messages and saying how impressed you were. You kept saying, you said you were gonna do it and you did it using my own words, like to be encouraging. And that made me feel really good about myself. And it's moments like that where I've often thought to myself, if we lost everything, I'd still have you. And the way you make me feel is so much better than the way success has made me feel. So it's like, okay, well, if, if that is my worst case scenario, then I know that my life is always going to be okay. So those are your beliefs, your values. Like if, if those things are in alignment, then the third thing is rules. So you need rules that allow you to behave in accordance with your beliefs and values. So I think that rules may be the most underutilized thing ever. Like, I will never use a vulnerability against you. That's a rule. I will never call you names. That's a rule. I will never be intentionally cruel. That's a rule. So it's like, I have all these rules. Like, they're real. They're a part of my daily life. I don't use the word. I don't use the D word. You know what I mean? It's like, in divorce for people that have never heard <laughs> us talk about that before. But it's like, those are rules. And yeah. I just, I stick by them. And And they've become rules because I can see how advantageous it is to behave in that manner and it aligns with my values and my beliefs. And so it's like, there you go. Like that's how you begin to unwind this is one, you need to let those patterns atrophy with the rules. And then two, you need a new pattern. So it's like, I need to, every time now I go to do one of those things. First of all, if I'm really trying to unwind this, I would allow myself the grace of if I mess up, excuse me, I'm not gonna whip myself into oblivion. I'm going to acknowledge the mistake. I'm going to you know, do a little bit of self-punishment so that it stings, it hurts. I remind myself that I told myself I wasn't gonna do that and I did it and I'm not happy about it. And that's the kind of thing that to you, I would make a point of, I would apologize to you multiple times over the next several days and say, I really disappointed myself. I really let you down. I owe you better than that. I don't wanna hide from this. I wanna acknowledge it now that, like the storm has passed and I want you to know that it's still on my mind. I think that kind of thing is, is meaningful. And I would say things like, look, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but it's very important Mm. to me to, um, to remind myself that I messed up so that I can take ownership of it so that I can feel this, the bad feeling that I have right now for a prolonged period of time. So I really, really hardwire this and don't keep making this mistake, but I would allow myself the grace to get out of that. I wouldn't just like beat myself up and you know, wail and cry. It's like, okay, I messed up. I'm going to do better. And here's the system by which I'm going to get better. And then when I have the impulse to do it again in the argument where I'm like, if I say this right now, it will shut her the fuck down. And then I would remind myself, ah yeah, I'm going to use that as a habit loop trigger to find something about her that I'm grateful for, even if I'm just saying it in my own head to diffuse the situation in my own mind or to even say it out loud and to use that impulse to remind me to do something positive. That That's how you build that new habit. And so you put those four things together and you get out of it.
1: I love that. Um, and then from the opposite side as being, let's say you, were, you had upset me and said something. Um, I, instead of saying, I can't fucking believe you did it. You upset me so much, you asshole. I would sit you down and I have, you know, like, look, it really upset me when you said this. I love you. I know you enough to know you didn't mean to upset me, but you really did. And it really hurt. And I, I, I don't want this to happen again. So I need you to hear that. I need you to let that sink in. And then the other thing is like, but I also want to own my part of that argument. Like, what are the things that I triggered you to do that? Like, what is my involvement in that? Because it doesn't just because you're the one that said it doesn't then relinquish me from everything that just happened, right? The reason why you probably escalated to that point is we were having some sort of heated ab- debate or argument to just go, what was my part in it? And look, if your part wasn't anything, then fine. But usually it's, you know, okay, I see I pressed your button there. Yes, I realize that you were upset there or whatever. And just like really dissect it. Because the one thing I always try to do with you and you do with me is, How do we attack any problem in our relationship, any problem together? So even if it's a problem with me or a problem with you, you encourage me, you give me tips, you give me advice, and vice versa. So it's always like, yeah, how do we do that together?
0: The first part of that answer, if people could see me, I was nodding so hard I thought I was going to break my neck. Outrage porn is one of those things I think society is moving in a weird, in a dangerous direction with people like to be outraged. And if people bring that into their lives, you are setting yourself up for failure. And one thing that you and I have done a really good job of is in those moments where the other person says something straight outrageous, and we know, oh, I could go for the jugular right now, like what you just said is so crazy and violated a rule that we have or whatever. Uh, And we both know. And and you could just go bananas. And anybody watching be like, they have the right to go bananas. I can't believe you just said that or did that or whatever. And we'd go, look, I'm not going to blow this up, but I really want you to know how that made me feel. It did not make me feel good. I really think that that was out of line. I don't want to escalate. I don't want to make this, you know, worse than it needs to be. But I really need you to hear that I think that was out of line. And we didn't used to do that. We used to escalate, 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 and it would get crazy and out of hand. And we had the huge argument over a cup of tea and like the, I mean, just like crazy shit. But now that we don't do that, now that we're always looking for ways to de-escalate, it's like, man, never giving in to outrage porn, that that is so powerful. And to your second part, I think you could go harder in that statement and say always and forever, always and forever, there is something that you could have done differently to get a different result. So I won't say it was your fault. I won't say like, oh, even that you pushed his buttons. I'm just saying you could have done something differently to keep that in check. Now, you can say, it's not my responsibility to keep them in check. No, it's not. But do you really want to be at somebody else's mercy? Or do you want to own? You can get so good that you can diffuse any situation. Now, in the end, you may need them to make changes in your their behavior. There may be things you're absolutely not going to tolerate, not for another fucking second, a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. But like to, to keep your power and say, I could have done something differently to get the result that I wanted, that's such a powerful way to approach it. So rather than giving into outrage porn and then just blaming them and being like, this is all your fault, even if it is, like, it doesn't serve you. Right. Bam. Word.
1: Mic drop, baby. Truth. <laughs> um, all right, guys, that's all we have time for. But if this podcast is bringing you value, please, please do rate and review. That is very meaningful to us. Um, and if you're listening and you fancy screenshotting it and then IG storing and tagging us, that would be awesome. It'd be amazing. Um, and again, guys, you can um, submit your questions to connect at impacttheory.com. We love to hear from you guys. Hopefully we bring in new value, um, answering those questions.
0: Follow Lisa at, oh, at Lisa well Bilyeu. Done, yes. Follow me at, at Tom Bilyeu. Yeah. And if you're not rocking Women of Impact, be sure to check that out. Thank you, baby. Men and women alike. Thank you. All right, guys. If you Um, haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be be legendary. legendary. Take care.